Buongiorno, buon pomeriggio, e buonasera, Milanisti, and welcome to the MLM podcast with me, your host, Max Lombardia. What a week it's been for us, Milanisti, um, off the back of a couple of poor results, uh, some weird performances, uh, and some strange decision making. Um, let's 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 talk through this this week then together. So. We'll talk about the uh, PSG game. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Napoli game from the other night. We'll talk a little bit around Pioli, um, injuries, and all the bits and bobs that have happened this week around Milan. We'll have a little recap um, of listener questions, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Udinese game coming up. So just me by myself this week, uh, no Gino. Um, so let's just get straight into it. So... We went into this Champions League game uh, having not won a game yet in the two previous game, two previous uh, games in the group. Uh, we still hadn't registered a goal yet. Uh, we'd had a really, really good performance against Newcastle where all we were missing was a goal. And we had a really good second half performance away at Dortmund uh, where, again, we really should have won that game or at least, you know, we should have scored. Um, so we came away with two nil-nils, quite disappointing. Uh, and we kind of talked about in the previous pods how we might regret that. So we were going to PSG away. It was always going to be a tough ask. Um, PSG, a bit of a yo-yo team in terms of form, but filled with champions, filled with stars, um, filled in a really good lineup. And and even if we'd got a draw out of this, despite having drawn the first two games, we probably would have been quite happy with that. But as was the case, we didn't get anywhere near a draw. Um, so look, let's let's talk about some of the anecdotes going into this game. So PSG had won all of their four UEFA Champions League matches against Italian sides. Um, so the last four, that is. So they'd, they'd, they'd never really lost in the last four games. Um, it was also PSG's proper first clean sheet against an Italian opposition, which is which is a little bit worse to hear as well. As we know, Milan have failed to score in each of their last five UEFA Champions League matches, becoming the first Italian side to do so in the history of the competition, breaking more records. Thanks, guys. Um, so, yeah, not not great, not great. So let's just have a look at these lineups and let's talk through the formations chosen. So PSG lined up a 4-3-3, Donnarumma in goal, Hakimi, Marquinhos, Skriniar and Lucas Fernandez, Uguate, Zaya, Emery, Zatina, and Dembele, Kulamuani, and Mbappe. We fielded the same formation in regards to the 4-3-3, but ours didn't quite look as good. So, Manyan in goal. We had Theo Hernandez left-back, Chow and Tomori centre-backs, and Kalulu right-back. Rangers, Krunic and Musa starting in midfield. Leao, Giroud, and Pulisic up front. So, um, kind of a few eyebrows raised over... Krunic's selection after the Juve performance, but understand what Pulley was doing in terms of trying to be a bit more defensive uh, or try and be at least a bit more defensive-minded. Uh, appreciate Adley could have been a risk in the Champions League. Uh, proved to be probably the worst player or one of the worst players on the pitch. Just looking at the ratings, he actually does have the lowest rating of our team. So anyway, um, Giroud, Liao and Pulisic, the front three you would go for this game. Um, and Musa deserving his starting spot and Rinders probably also. 
Kalulu coming in at right back. And I, I've kind of wanted to see this back four for quite a long time, which is Hernandez, Charles, and Kalulu. Kalulu not really, um, hasn't really got going this season, masked with injuries and more injuries, which we'll talk about later. And Magnon, a bit of a strange one this season. Not hasn't. I would. I think it'd be fair to say hasn't been as good as he normally is. Um, anyway, look, we went into this game with the, a starting formation that, apart from the Kalulu, which you could have started Calabria, uh, and apart from the Krinic, pretty much picked itself. Um, PSG have got champions all over the pitch. I mean, their defence, you know, Hakimi Marquinhos, Scrinia, and Lucas Hernandez, uh, is pretty good. Um, Aguatin, Zayemar, and Vitinha, um, a good midfield. You could argue that they're not the most known names, but obviously put us to bed. Uh, Dembele, um, we know from his time at Barca, and Bappe, we know that he's a star, and Kolo uh, Moane, which is a player that we missed out on when we decided to sign uh, Origi instead. Ouch. So, let's talk through this game then, shall we, from start to finish. So, um, I think it'd be fair to say a fairly good start on our side, actually. Um, for the first, I don't know, 20 minutes, uh, we were keeping them at bay. Um, we were attacking. Um, we we were passing the ball well. Um, we didn't make them look particularly special first 20 minutes. Um, you know, something of no, I mean, Chow getting yellow carded in the fourth minute, um, clearly hadn't learned his lesson from the Juve game, which was quite frustrating. Uh, seventh minute, Rade Krunic manages to get a yellow card as well. So we've got a yellow card for our starting central defensive mid and one of our centre backs before even 10 minutes of the game. Uh, Hakimi gets himself a yellow card as well on the 16th. Um, and Strangely, we the next episode is a free kick. Not sure why Tomori would be taking a free kick. Um, really strange. Do we not have any free kick takers then? Like, what, what's all that about? But his, you know, you could have kind of guessed it before he hit it. Just go straight into the wall. Twenty second minute, Mbappe um, crossfield pass over to Hikimi. A little bit of pocket space. Uh, neither him or, or Dembele creating an in-and-out opportunity, but the ball comes back to Mbappe on the edge of the box, who drills quite a low strike. It sort of, it, he almost kind of hits it with the slight side of his foot. It's kind of straight out Magnon, who picks up nice and easily. Um, we then have a chance. So Liao darts, you know, he darts forward at the PSG defence, kind of stand off him a little bit. Um, he literally runs at them with pace and power, as we know he can do. Cuts inside Hakimi before he sort of fires a shot from the edge of the box. And it just flashes wide. So, really good start um, from us. 30th minute, Kulamuani wins possession midfield, sets off the counter-attack. They kind of break at pace. He moves forward to Mbappe. Cuts inside two Milan defenders before fizzing a shot wide of the target from 25 yards. So, um, a bit of to and fro in. Then, 32nd minute, PSG opened the scoring with um, himself, uh, Kylian Mbappe. So, Zer Emery does some great work in midfield, shrugs off Rinders, who looks a bit pathetic, really, compared to him. Charges over the halfway line into the final third. He then feeds Mbappe on the edge of the box, who steps inside tomorrow, smashes a low finish towards the bottom corner. Wrong foot to Manyang completely, who doesn't even die for the ball. And they're 1-0 up in it. You know, you can be forgiven. It's Mbappe. He's a great finish. 
Um, it gets the game going. It's some really naive and pathetic playing in the centre of the park. Rinders really doesn't wrap himself in glory, um, but it's fine. It's 1-0. We move on. And then that was it from us, I think, in terms of our real influence on this game. Um, PSG kind of took over. It was, you know, it was an Aguate uh, chance that that Magnan saves um, in the 43rd. Um, <laughs> we, we try and get through with Giroud, but it doesn't really happen. He gets chopped down by Dembele, so Dembele gets the yellow card. And, and that's the story of the first half. So we were able to contain PSG for a good 20, 25 minutes. Um, and we looked, I, I don't think at any point did we look better than PSG in this game, if I'm totally honest. But we definitely matched them and we definitely looked like we wanted to do something and we wanted to attack and we wanted to score. However, as soon as they scored, it kind of took the wind out of our sails. Did that yellow card influence Chow really early? Probably, especially after what happened against Juve. Um, it wasn't a dreadful half from us, um, but it, but you could see the last 10, 15 minutes, we weren't quite as good as we were the first 20-odd. So we go into the second half. Um, he makes a half-time substitution where he takes Chow out. He moves Kalulu into centre-back and he puts Calabria on. And straight away in the 47th minute, tomorrow's ball over the top is, you know, is a bit too far for Rinders, but he engages Donnarumma. He races off his line, out of his box to head the ball half clear. Leaves the keeper stranded. Giroud's header back towards goals, glanced away by Marquinhos. So he, we almost get an equaliser based on a Donnarumma error, really. But again, we can't do it. 48th minute, it's ball in the net. It's a, it's a really good fish finish from Debelli. However, there is a foul on the lead up to this goal. Uh, it's on Musa. Really clear cut foul. Uh, goal is taken away from the VAR, and rightfully so. 50th minute, again, uh, we come sort of closer. We, you know, Manian's long punt forward, brought down by Pulisic in the box, who squares across the face of goal for the unbarked Giroud. Now, Giroud is just not getting there. And, you know, you could be you could be mistaken for saying why, you know, you could be forgiven for saying, why did he not just shoot? Why didn't he put, put some power behind it? You know, if he's going to cross, let's do it properly. And we kind of waste a really good chance. That would have been one all. That could have changed the momentum of the game. That could have, the pendulum could have could have switched. We could have got the goal that we've been looking for in the Champions League. But unfortunately, it kind of does the opposite. And literally, I don't know, like two or three minutes later, PSG score their second with Kulamuane. Um, It's a corner. It's played short, Stembele. I think there are like 10 players in the box, maybe just some really poor defending from our part, zonal and man, uh, and man marking. And he just taps in 2-0. Uh, and we're left for the mountain to climb, really. Um, then Zemri has a chance in the 58th, which is well saved. Tomori gets himself a yellow card for trying to cut out Kalamone as well. Kalulu gets himself a yellow card straight after, again, for trying to sort of shut, he kind of needlessly shoves Mbappe off the ball. We throw some players forward and we try and make another attack. But again, a good save from John. Well, good save straight at him, really, from Pulisic. Um, another chance with Dembele. He's really close in the 66th. 67th, we go back up and Liao drags a shot wide. Um, again, just really frustrating. A couple of subs happen. So PSG change around. They put Fabian Ruiz in for Ugarte. Uh, Lee comes on for Dembele. We put Adley in for Krinic. Uh, Musa comes out for Pabega. We have another chance with Leal where he hits it wide. 
uh, for a really good pass from Pulisic. Skriniar concedes a corner. It's a really good delivery by Theo Hernandez. Giroud hits a header on target, but again, it's kind of straight at straight at Dinorum. doesn't really do much. Then they put Ramos on for Kulamani in the 82nd. They hit the post on the 82nd. Off Mbappe, it's a really good save from Mike. Um, 84th, um, Tamori's clearance. Uh, lands to Leo, runs in behind the defence, does his usual. Uh, but again, ball snatched away from him. You know, by Donnarumma coming out. 89th minute, Lee scores. Um, it's a really good goal from Lee. Another load of work from Zermary. Um, capping a 3-0 win, really. Weird last-minute substitution with uh, Simon Kier coming on for Tamori. Uh, and PSG make a substitution with McKay Lee coming in for Hakeem. And that kind of ends the match. So, really, really frustrating game to watch. Um, some, I don't really know what more. It's a really difficult game to kind of talk through, but on paper, PSG should beat AC Milan with what they've got. I thought we'd give up. I thought we'd put more of a fight up, though. I thought we would try and match our tactics and our our game to them a bit better. We played our style, which I understand. We high pressed. We tried to get the result. We tried to score the goal. Um, after they scored the first, it, it really pushed us to try and score. We had a couple of chances, but nothing ever changes. So we we go 2-0 down and nothing changes. Um, we don't make any tactical change. We don't move anything around to try and hold their midfield in. We, 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 we just don't do anything to try and get anything out of this game apart from to be honest with you like for like substitutions you know Pabega coming in for Musa in the 77 Adley coming in for Krinic it just it's not going to do anything I don't think now Adley looked quite bright when he came on I thought Krinic had an absolute mare against PSG I want to give him the benefit of the doubt bearing in mind that he's only just coming back from injury he had a shocker against Juventus in that in those few minutes that he played and he had a really bad game today if I'm totally honest and that's not that's not pooing on Krinich. That's not bad mouthing Krinich. That's just stating the obvious. He's got the lowest rating uh, of the team, um, and he and he just wasn't at the races. Unfortunately, you just can't you can't not be at the races against PSG. Um, I think from a fan point of view as well, frustrating pressure starting to build on purely after this game. That's the third. The third game where we can't score. It's the it's another game of frustrating chances, forwards snatching at things, and you can't put all of that on purely. Like we did create quite a few chances, and there is some strange decision making by our team in terms of shooting when they could pass or passing when they should shoot. And 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 I understand that at the end of the day, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. However, you know, what does Pioli do to make this game better? What changes does he make? You know, what proactive changes does he make to try and get a result out of PSG? The answer is none. Uh, as soon as we can see the second goal, that's it. Um, and it's almost a bit sort of damage limitation. Um, you know, again, we get injuries. We got, if I'm wrong, Jovic is injured going into this. Okafor is injured going into this. So, Juru has no choice but to play the entire game. Um it's a calamity. It's a calamitous amount of situations and issues 
in the background, um, injuries, weird tactical decisions, players not playing to their full potential. This was an opportunity for Liao, again, on the centre stage to show what he's capable of, to prove his point in the Champions League. Um, you know, I heard people, oh, you know, Liao versus Mbappe. It's not Liao versus Mbappe. It's not even close. I have so much respect for Liao. I've said this before. He's a fantastic player. Anyone that doesn't rate Liao doesn't really understand what they're watching. But you can't compare him to Mbappe. It's just not close. Um, Mbappe is a world-class, consistent player. Um, and Liao isn't just quite there yet. Um, so we kind of we walk away from Paris. We kind of lick our wounds. Um, frustrated. Um annoyed then there are some comments after the game the usual frustrating comments we've got calabria um you know saying things like um if you don't if you're not going to if you're not going to perform then don't be here sort of thing uh, and he says that like on the microphones and you've got purely coming out and saying no he didn't that's not right he's wrong to say that um you know what is going on is this is this the beginning of the end is it is it is it just a misunderstanding? Like, you know, what is going on? Why is the club captain coming out and saying things like that on the, on you know, on TV, on live broadcast? You know, is what what is going on? Why is this happening all of a sudden? And you can't help but think that maybe Pioli's starting to lose the dressing room. Um, you know, I've heard people say Ibra, Ibra was holding this together. Now Ibra's gone. It's just Pioli. You know, maybe this isn't a recent thing. Maybe this has always been there. But where there have been players with experience like Ibrahimovic in there, he's managed to keep the balance, um, potentially. Um, it, there's so many different spirals and so many different uh, bits of information that we don't really know, that we're not privy to. Um, so it's hard to give a proper assessment of what the hell was going on over there. Um, but But it is difficult, you know. I then see this weekend Brest, who did who did lose a cent eventually to what was quite a clear cut penalty, uh, which again Mbappe finished to, for a three two win. But Brest put two past this Paris team. You know, what does Brest know that we don't? Like how how have they managed to score? What sort of gameplay are they playing? Because it won't be, it won't have world class players in. It won't be individual talent. It will be a team collective, understanding the assignment that's in front of them. And doing what they can with the knowledge and the players that they have. Something we just don't do. We this is what we're doing. This is our this is our plan. That's it. We don't deviate. We don't change. Doesn't matter what the score is, doesn't matter who's on the pitch. Th this is what we're doing. Doesn't matter who we're playing, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that's kind of the, the thought I get. Like I'm not I'm I don't want to attack purely off this PSG game. Um he got a lot wrong, um, but so did the players. Um, there are a lot. There are injuries, last minute dot com injuries that even he couldn't foresee. You know who know. You know, at one point we're talking about Okafor, why he should start against PSG. That's what me and Gino said, and then Okafor's injured and he can't start. So it, there's a lot. There's a lot going in. There's a lot going on as well. Um, it, it is mental. It is really crazy, you know. I 
I just I'm not sure what goes through his mind when he's watching these games. And I've said this before. Sometimes maybe it's so obvious that it's not obvious. And again, you know, I'm not a football coach. I don't have the the coaching badges and stuff that he has. And maybe he sees things that that we don't. Um, it is it is <laughs> it is frustrating. It is a conversation to have. You know what? Why? Why does this keep happening? Why is this something? What? Why is there so much fuel to fire around Pioli at the moment? And the PSG game certainly didn't help. You know, I'm looking at these pictures now where, you know, off that second goal, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players um, in and around the box, two by the corner flag. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, all grouped together right next to each other, right in front of Manion. You've got Krunic sort of walking back like he you know, like he's paid per the second. And then on the edge of the box, you've got one, two, three, four PSG players, not a single Milan player near them. There's a fifth one just on the outside. Now, I saw a tweet saying, oh yeah, it's this is Pioli's fault. But yeah, whose fault is it? Whose, whose, whose job is it? Whose responsibility is it to set the team up to ensure they have success? Who is responsible for facilitating Milan's success? Well, it's purely, that's his job. That's literally his job. You know, looking at another picture here, you know, as that corner's taken, I then have, we then have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine players plus Manyan in the area. And they still, with three players in the box, managed to score. Now, if that isn't set-piece defending, disaster 101, I don't know what else is. Numerical advantage, space advantage, still concede. Um, you know, we spent £100 million plus pounds or, or euros on players this summer to strengthen our team. And we're sat rock bottom of the UEFA Champions League group. You know, okay, thank God Dortmund beat Newcastle. And it means that the group is a bit more even. So, you know, we've got PSG set at six points. Then you've got Dortmund and Newcastle both on four. And then you've got us you know, at the bottom on two points. It, it is it is really frustrating, um, especially knowing we could have, we should have beaten Newcastle, we should have got more out of Dortmund. Now, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, we've got two games, we've got play PSG at home now, which I think will be a different, different story. We've then got Borussia Dortmund at home and then we've got Newcastle away. Um, I am worried for qualification and, I don't, I don't think we're going to do enough to get through. Um, I think that we will not. I mean, look, we could, if we beat PSG at home, and we get some points out of Dortmund and Newcastle, that probably is enough. It's then really then heavily waiting or heavily, heavily trying to understand what happens in the other games. It's 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 having to. You need a result from other teams, basically. It's not on our own destiny. Uh, so it makes life really difficult. That's not how we like to play. Um, I can really see us struggling to get through this group. Again, like I said, there's still three games to go. We could win all three. You know, I wouldn't put it past Milan to to play these first three games in this way, not score a single goal, and then win those three games in a row. From what I've seen in the last week or two before international break, etc., um, I just don't see it. Um, I just don't see how we get through this group my worst scenario or one of my worst scenarios post not getting in this group not getting through is to go into the Europa League now I don't know how other people feel about this but I'd rather we just weren't in at all 
I know that might be a bit controversial because we need the European revenue and blah, blah, blah. But if you're not in the Champions League, what's the point? What's the point being in the Mickey Mouse Cups? Um, I know some some clubs um, desperately need that. I get that. I understand that that's where they are in their journey and their, in their position as a club. But we shouldn't be. We are AC Milan. We have won this Champions League trophy seven times. We should be aiming to get through this group. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of what I think. I'd rather not be in anything rather than be in the Europa League uh, because we won't win that. Um, the, the focus won't be put on that like it will be on the Champions League. So it just feels like another load of games that we could save ourselves. Um, you don't know what the draw looks like. There are some strong teams in there as well. It's going to give us more injuries, which we don't need more of. Um, so it's just something to sort of think about, something to mull over. Now, to try and sort of um, finish this segment on the PSG game. So I, you know, Pioli's comments after the talk about um, being the better team for 60 minutes. Um, and again, he doesn't help himself with his uh, post-match conferences either. Now, if we are going to beat PSG at home, which which we have to, it's desperate now, um, I need to see a change. I need to see something that shows us that we've actually learned something from the first game. Now, it's always much harder to go play PSG at their place than it is, obviously, to play them at our place. There'll be the crowd. Um, hopefully, we'll be absolutely pumped for this. Um, but I, I just need to see a change. What does that look like in terms of starting formation? Well, I don't know yet. <laughs> we could have another three injuries by then. Um, we know we're not going to have Kalulu. We know we're not going to have... Um, potentially not going to have Chuck Wazy. We know we're potentially not going to have... Oh, well, we're definitely not going to have Pellegrino. We're not going to have Simon Kier potentially. Um, there's there's a lot of players out. You know, we've we know we've got some of the other long-standing ones. We still haven't got Benasser back in yet. Ruben off the sheets, um, rumored to come back in, etc. So I don't know what that starting eleven will look like, but I do need to see some change. I need to see that we've learned something. Um, Pioli's kind of, I think he's on a bit of thin ice, and he's and he's he's starting to run out of his nine lives. Um, I don't know how much longer we will have purely on the bench for. I'm not an advocate of sacking people just because of the sake of it because we lost a few games. We have been on a decline for a while and his limitations have shown through for a while. I don't think he does well with multiple games after each other. I'm not sure what on earth they do uh, in training to, to get these injuries as well. Um, especially when we're not playing, you know, injuries that aren't in game. Um, <clears throat> but it, but it's becoming apparent that he might be on his last few lives. So <clears throat> it's in his best interest to to get going uh, and to learn from his mistakes. Will we see it? Oh, I'm, I'm really not sure. And if they are going to get rid of him, then they'll need to do it fairly soon, probably before the international break or during it, so they give the manager a chance to come in for a week or two. I've got quite a lot of questions around purely, so um, I'll try and answer those a bit later on. So yeah, you know that that's it. Really, kind of round up a bit of a disappointing game against PSG, a game where probably the second game of the season where we were totally out outclassed and lost. The other one being the Inter game. I know we lost against Juve, but I, I really don't think that was that was a whole multitude of stuff, um, which I can't. <laughs> 
which is more down to Juve and luck and red cards and lucky deflections than actually playing dreadfully and losing because of it. Um, but this was the second game of the season where we just looked completely out of our debt. It's difficult on European stage because it's a little bit embarrassing as well. You know, they've got the whole world looking on to you. And, you know, the, I don't know if any of you guys follow the the big chap. Um, he's massive on PSG. Uh, I'm going to just try to find his name as we're talking. But, you know, he was putting some big tweets out there before the game. I suppose rightfully so, uh, being positive about his team. Um, you know, we were going to smash us and all this sort of stuff. And, and you know, I totally get it. Um, if I had a team like that on paper, I would probably be quite confident going into all games. Um, I kind of hoped the football gods would would do us a favour and shut him up. <laughs> um, but it didn't happen, and that's absolutely fair enough. And I just remember seeing him tweet after the game, um, you know, all the things that Luis Enrique did um, to to win that game, etc. And, you know, I couldn't help but retweet it with a asterisk and say Pioli. Um, yeah, it's PSGINT underscore. Uh, his big account, got lots of followers, 18.2,000 followers. Really good account, actually, by the way, if you want to follow um, someone who knows what they're talking about, especially around Ligue 1 and the Champions League. Um, but, you know, he, he he put a video out there about genius and all this sort of thing. I just think we let them. <laughs> I just think we gave it to them as well. Um, anyway, let, let's end that segment there uh, and let's move on to the next one. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Milan against Napoli. So Milan travelled to Napoli um, at the Maradona in in search for some redemption uh, from the past two games. So, historically, we tend to do well at the Maradona. Uh, we knocked them out of the Champions League last year. We beat them 4-0 there. We The season before, we beat them 1-0 there as well when we won the Scudetto. So, normally, this stadium has meant good things for us in the last couple of years. Um, and we really needed a win. Juve again with more Brexit ball uh, winning in the 97th minute, 1-0 against Verona. I'm not going to pretend that Verona were much better than Juve because they weren't, but usual, usual stuff from Juve. Inter also winning, I believe, 1-0 as well against Roma. Um, so our rivals winning meant we had to win. Lots of pressure on the game. Um, Napoli haven't had... Although they haven't had a dreadful start to the season, they haven't had as good start to the season as people were expecting. Uh, Rudy Garcia losing a couple of games, things not quite clicking. Oshman injured as well going into this game, so they were without their main attacking threat or one of their main attacking threats. Um, so it was all to play for, really. Um, so again, if we just start with lineups and, you know, for context, so we went there with our usual 4 3 3. Uh, and we started a slightly different, um, well, actually, it was pretty much the same as the PSG game. Only real difference is, is Kalulu coming in for the suspended chow uh, and Calabria slotting in to right back. Um, so, obviously, Kalulu started because Simon Kier was injured um, just before. And we'll go into the game, what happened in the game later. But, um, again, a team that kind of picked itself. I wasn't sure what on earth 
after the PSG game and the Juve game, my credential was starting. In hindsight, it was clearly the right thing to do, but at the time it was a little bit difficult to understand. Again, looking at the player ratings on here, he has the lowest player rating of all of them. I'm not sure why that is. I didn't think he was particularly dreadful. Um, so yeah, Manyan in goal, Calabria, Kalulu, Tomori, Hernandez, Rinders, Krunic, Musa, Pulisic, Giroud and Liao. And Napoli matched us with Merit in goal, Di Lorenzo, Romani, Natan and Mario Rui at the back. Elmas, Lobokta, Zielinski in midfield. Politano, Raspadori and Kravatskielia. Uh, we'll call him Krava for sure on the left-hand side. So, again, Napoli's team kind of straightforward and Guisa was injured, was not quite fully fit. No Oshiman, the rest of it kind of made sense. Although Mario Rui started and I think he's been preferring Oliveira to him uh, so far this season. So, uh, pretty much evens on in terms of formation and probably quite close to tactics. So, a couple of anecdotes and insights for you going into this game. So we, you know, we came into this game, um, you know, with a couple of, you know, well, actually, to be completely honest, Manyan and Hernandez obviously came back from suspension as well over Morante and Florenzi. That's something to point out. And Krinic was preferred to Adley as well in midfield. So although it was quite similar to the PSG game, it was slightly different to the uh, Juve game. Um, Napoli had gone into this having lost two of their last three home games in Serie A. That's as many defeats as their previous 23 home league games last season. They obviously lost against Fiorentina uh, this season, um, which was which was not great already. Um, you know, despite our defeat to Juve last time, we had won seven of the first nine matches in Serie A, which was really good. Um, you know, that, that's quite that's what we wanted. Uh, we would have probably taken that at the beginning of the season. So yeah, we, you know, we've won. Like I said before, we won our last three Serie A away matches against Napoli. Um, I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, and we've only lost three of our last nine against Napoli altogether. So there were quite a few little anecdotes going into this game, which which favoured us a little bit. I was kind of hoping, and I, and I'm gonna I'll, before I talk about the game, I was kind of hoping to see. Liao prove a point um, against Napoli uh, and I know that he's scored against Napoli before you know, people saying to me what does he need to prove a point for it doesn't matter that he scored against Napoli or in Serie A proving a point or proving your worth is about moments it's about specific moments in a season a champion a world class champion proves himself or herself um, when these moments occur, we lost against Juve, we scrambled through Genoa, we lost against PSG, we were going to Napoli to win. And this was a chance for Liao to take centre stage. And he did have something to prove, which was that he can do it on a consistent basis after the first few games. Now, remember, he won an award, didn't he? I think he our player of the month in uh, September, if I'm not wrong. But he certainly won't win that this month. Let's put it that way. So I thought the whole team also in general had a point to prove. Uh, we played really badly uh, the last few games. We were so lacklustre. word I use a lot. Um, we're really um, slow. We were sluggish. Excuse me. Um, so I was expecting a reaction. I thought if we can't get a reaction today, 
we are in big trouble because that says more about where this team is at than anything else. So let's just talk about this game. And, you know, I know it's a really cliche thing to say, but it was definitely a game of two halves, wasn't it? Um, so look, we started this game. We were all over them, like literally all over them. Second minute, already having a chance, um, you know, just outside their box with Musa, Nathan, you know, Giroud tries to take a strike at the ball. It's blocked by Romani. It's already a corner in the second minute. Um, unfortunately, in the 19th minute, Kalulu uh, injures himself, has to go off. You know, Pioli talks about how this was a risk anyway, um, playing him because he was slightly injured. I mean, what? Uh, but because of care, because of Chow's suspension, it left him with no choice. Well, there was a choice. He was on the bench, which he had to come on anyway. But because you've not played him, because we've not seen him yet, for whatever reason, um, it would have felt like a much bigger risk at the time. So, look, in the end, Pellegrino comes on and he makes his Serie A debut against Napoli. And again, we have to win. Um, how much pressure is that on someone who's never played for Milan? who's never played in Serie A, who's never played in Europe, I don't think, um, to come along and put a performance in. Okay, Oshiman's not there, I get it. Uh, but what a tough ask. You know, why didn't he see any minutes before? Why in the games where we were, you know, we were smashing Torino, why didn't he play then? Um, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't paint a good picture for these guys who get thrown in, but when it's absolutely vital and it's absolutely last minute there's literally nobody else he has to go on you have no idea what you've got you're literally that's a massive risk huge risk um not giving these guys minutes when they sit in your team now of course chow and tomorrow are going to play more minutes of course kalulu is going to be always picked over pellegrin i get that but you know you know simon cares a liability you know that it's going to happen his age and his previous injuries dictate that. So why not give him longer? Anyway, he comes on in the 19th minute. Now, I I watched probably one of the best halves I've watched us play. I think this season, definitely. Uh, it was the counter-attacking. Um, just, we were like, we were absolutely all over them. It was fantastic. It was such a good display. Um, it was great to see Giroud score as well when he gets his first goal in the 22nd minute. It's an absolutely sublime ball by Pulisic. A really good pass. Great flicked on header. Merritt does make a bit of a meal of that. Um, but it's great to see Giroud score finally from open plays on a big goal drought. He really needed that goal. Um, and it's a great header, just showing his aerial ability and what happens if you can get the balls into him at the right time. So really good. And then that just carried on. Um, Napoli had a chance in the 28th minute where, to be honest, they probably should have drawn at Liverpool Politano, who missed a bit of a sitter. If I'm totally honest with you, I'm not sure how we missed that. Straight after we got the second in the 31st minute, again, great cross by Calabria after some good work on that right-hand side by Musa and a really good header from Giroud. This one better than the first. Completely out-muscling Romani. He gave Romani a really tough time all game to win a Giroud. Um, fantastic header, great goal. 2-0 um, up. Absolutely fantastic. And then we should have scored more goals. We had so many chances. 41st minute, you know, we Liao draws, you know, he draws attention to the defence. He picks up the ball from a Pulisic block shot. He lays it left to Hernandez. 
gets an angle, he pulls it back to the penalty spot. Great pullback onto Rinders, and Rinders absolutely blasts it into row Z. Rinders. We've talked about this before, mate. Rinders is a really good player, and I know he's had some heat this week, and rightfully so. I've listened to some pods, I've seen some comments. He's he's getting a little bit bashed around, and actually his performances kind of warrant that. This guy from the penalty box upwards is absolutely useless. Uh, he cannot shoot to save his life. I don't know what is going on with him, if it's a mental thing. Um, I don't know if he's just he's feeling the pressure of trying to get his first Milan goal. But he, you know, I know that Rinders isn't a forward and therefore we shouldn't expect loads of goals from him. But you need goals from midfield. We will need goals from midfield. And this was an absolutely crucial goal. If he can post himself, that's a goal. That, you know, that side of the goal is completely, there's no keeper in it. I don't think Merritt moves quick enough to get that. No, that should have been 3-0. Uh, we should have gone into half-time 3-0 up. I just had this feeling we were going to rue not capitalise our chances in the first half. You know, we could have easily walked out of that first half 4 or 5 nil up. Maybe 5, you know, on the balance, maybe 4-1 up, 3-1 up. Because of Politano's miss. Um, and I just, I just had in the back of my mind, I don't think we've done enough here. Now... I didn't expect what happened after that in the second half, a complete, just absolute downward spiral of everything. Um, but um, the first half was magnificent. Uh, Pulisic was fantastic. Musa was fantastic. Uh, Liao was up and down that channel. Giroud was brilliant. Again, I've got to give some credit to Krinic, who in hindsight actually was really good that first half. I didn't really understand why he was playing, if I'm totally honest with you, and that's not Krinic hate. That's just genuine after the the last two games I'd watched him play in. Um, I understand the the need for a more defensively-minded midfielder playing Napoli. I get that. And actually, he was doing some good intricate passing. He was doing some good laying off. He was making some good first-touch uh, passes up into the channels for Calabria uh, and Pulisic. Calabria, fantastic game from him. Really good throughout the game. Um, really kept Kroac Galio quiet for most of the game. I know he had that chance at the end, but other than that, Calabria was all over him. Um, Tomori again. It's not really his fault, I suppose, these two goals, but again, um, a really good performance first half. Uh, Teo Hernandez looked a bit more like it, a bit more his usual self in the first half. Uh, so really good overall performance and starting 11 worked um, the tactics worked um, so we went in at half time 2-0 up absolute perfect start I thought you know we're going to we need to get that third goal uh, and we need to cement up our, our sort of position ahead at half time Romero comes in for Pulisic now obviously now I know that Pulisic was injured and they took him off for a precaution and I understand if you're 2-0 up and he's injured and he's one of your best players and Chuck Ways is injured and blah, blah, blah. I get why you do that. At the time, I was in absolute just disbelief. I was like, why on earth is Pulisic off? It took ages for the news to come through that he was potentially injured as well. Um, I just didn't understand it. I was like, why would you make, you know, we criticise this guy for not making changes when he needs to. When he doesn't need to, why is he making a change? But, you know, in hindsight, there's an obvious reason why he's done that. I understand. Romero is his, his backup uh, right wing. We do want to see players get a chance. 
So again, as, as, as strange as it seemed at the time, it, it does make perfect sense. And uh, now for me, this is where Rudy Garcia gets a point out of this game by being more tactically, I never thought I'd say this, by being more tactically aware of what was going on in this game than Pioli was. So he puts on Oliveira, takes Mary Rui out. I don't know if this is in hindsight to Pulisic coming off and Romero coming on. I think Romero might have had a bit easy, I don't know, maybe he would have had a better one-on-one one -on -one duel with Mario Rui, but against Oliveira, uh, he definitely wasn't He definitely wasn't there where he needed to be. He puts Ostergaard in for Bramani, who'd had a really bad first half. I think that kind of shores up his defence. He takes Almas out. He sticks Simeone in as well. So he makes some really good substitutions that make perfect sense. Um and in the 50th minute, they get the reward um, with a Politano goal. Di Lorenzo lifts the ball over Krenich, plays Politano into the punny area. Now, Pellegrino makes a shocking mistake. He kind of heads it, kind of doesn't. Then Theo as well with some rubbish defending, gets absolutely rinsed by Politano. Politano hammers in a shot. Uh, I don't know what on earth Manian's doing with that arm. I don't know why he's... I thought he might have been able to get a hand to that. Or might have at least made it look like he was he was trying to be a goalkeeper, not an extra from the Matrix. Um, it was really, really, really frustrating. Uh, it's a goal we could have not conceded. It's a defensive lapse. Um, again, Pellegrino's going to make mistakes, guys. He's young. He's never played in Serie A. Um, it was a naive. It was a clumsy mistake. Theo doesn't help the situation either. Uh, but they get themselves back into the game. And I, do you know what? As soon as they scored that first goal, I was thinking it's just a matter of time before they get that second. Um, and it was, they were, what we did in the first half, they then did in the second half. They were all over us like a rash. We were able to get some counter-attacks in, but they were by far the better team second half. You know, um, you know, a couple of yellow cards came from that. Nathan picks up one, his first yellow in the 53rd. You know, Rinders makes a cynical foul, drags Palatano down the 55th and gets a yellow. You know, uh, this is one of those other chances we really should have finished. This is a scramble in the penalty area. You know, Fernandez, he wins the ball back. He puts, you know, he runs into the row, yeah, up the pitch, spots a really good counter-attack. Liao brings it into the Napoli's penalty area, cuts it back for the fullback. You know, he, Theo scuffs a shot, six yards out. He then he comes away from Giroud and the Romero's in the... Pro it's just an absolute calamity in the area. Um, just a foot through the ball. It just doesn't happen. Um, and we miss the opportunity to go 3-1 up. And then a really strange 10, 20 minutes for Magnan. He, he, you know, he, he comes out of Di Lorenzo crossword. I didn't even think it was that good. A flaps at it, you know, mishits it, falls to one of their players. Lucky Tamori blocks it. And then 62nd minute, Romero, who's running around like a mad dog, just makes a really stupid foul on the edge of the area, give, gets himself a yellow card, and ultimately gives the game away by giving Raspadori the free kick he needs to equalise. I don't know how that wall set up. It's it's just round the wall and in the goal. Um, it, it's so fast. It is a great free kick to take nothing away from Raspadori, but I think it's a badly set up wall. I don't know what Manion, he just has a really bad 20 minutes. Um, you know, straight after that, um, Di Lorenzo gets himself a yellow car for pulling Liao down. You know, he puts on Anguissa and Fasilinski, shows up his midfield a bit. Musa gets himself a yellow card as well. 
Okay, and then and then purely again doesn't help himself, does he? So he puts Jovic in, uh, and he puts Okafor, and he takes out Juru, and he takes out Liao. Um, thoughts on this? So, okay, this is what's going on for me. So Napoli have increased their power in midfield. They've got fresh legs in there. They're winning the midfield battle second half. It, it's not even a contest. So, in my mind, the most obvious thing to do is to shore up our midfield. Now, I know that it's Adley, and I know that it's Pobega on the bench. I get, I know that. And I know that it's not, you know, it's not an Anguissa or whatever. But surely you put some fresh legs onto that midfield, no? You try and, try and get that counter-attack. You've got two of them on yellow cards as well, and luckily, you know, they don't get sent off. But, you know, Rinders is on a yellow. Uh, Moose is on a yellow. They they looked like their batteries had run out, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, so I'm not sure why nothing happens in midfield at all. No changes at all. He can't help the Pellegrino substitution. He can't help um, the uh, Romero substitution. There's nothing he can do about that. Um, but he can help these. He waits far too long to make subs as well. Those subs needed to be in the 70th minute, I would have thought, just based on the fact that Napoli had got themselves back level. Um, now, it's easy for me to sit here in my in my um, chair and say, you should have done this, you should have done that. I get it. I totally understand. I get the in-game management part. Um, it just seemed really obvious, um, having watched the game. And then, again, so... You need a goal, right? You're desperate. You need a win. So you turn. So you've had to make this Pulisic change. Fine. So you've got Liao and you've got Giroud on. And you're desperate for a goal. Giroud scored two goals. He wants a third. There's a week rest between now and Adonese. There's not like we've got a game on Wednesday. Um, You either take one off or the other. I don't think you should change both. I don't think that was a good decision. Um, the players react quite badly to it. Uh, Giroud was more professional than Liao, in my opinion. Um, but but I understand their frustration. I know Liao hadn't had a particularly great game. It wasn't a world-beating performance from him. But Liao can make the difference at any point in the game. That's, that's what makes him so good. Um, I thought... The obvious substitution was Okafor in for Giroud. Okafor centre forward, Liao still on at left wing. Um, I thought that was obvious. Like Jovic has done nothing; he's offered nothing, um, and you're desperate for a goal, so you pop him on. I, I just didn't understand it. If you're not going to take, if you're going to take Liao off because he's been, he's been under par five, then keep Giroud on. So Okafor has a channel to cross into. You know, Giroud was working hard that game. It was one of his best performances uh, this season, if not his best performance. Um, so again, it just felt like own goals. It just felt like just stupid decisions. Now, look, let, let's talk about these reactions. So Giroud comes off in a fury. You know, he says, doesn't he, after their first goal, we didn't know if we were supposed to defend or attack. I mean, what? <laughs> How can you not know what the plan is? How do you not know what the game plan is? Your manager should be shouting at the top of his lungs off the side bench to all of you to understand exactly what you need to be doing, what your roles are. 
that was difficult to hear. You know, he sat on a on a water box and he was, you know, and it, it was a little bit pathetic, but it's because he cares. It's because he wanted to make a difference. And I don't think you can ever complain at a player for wanting to make a difference and, and caring. And coming off with some frustration is fine. Like, um, you want to score, you want to play better, you don't want to come off the pitch, that's great. If we move on to Liao's, I think Liao's was really bad. I mean, he, he's walking off the sh- um, he's walking off the pitch, he's got a drop shoulder, he's not happy, he's pushing players away, trying to calm them down. He kind of goes to Pioli, he's got hands in the air, like, why? Pioli kind of, I don't really know what Pioli says, but he kind of sort of says, just I just I have, I've done what I've done sort of thing, puts his arms back at him. And then Liao sits on the bench, um, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good to Pioli. It doesn't look good to us. Um, and it adds more fuel to the fire around what on earth is going on. Uh, is Pioli starting to lose this? Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I I personally don't think those were the right substitutions to make. Uh, we we held on for dear life, essentially, uh, this half. Uh, and then we got another killer blow. So Pellegrino, who'd come on, Goes off on the 80th minute limping. Uh, Florenzi comes on and there's a bit of a shuffle uh, in the defence. Uh, the 89th minute sees Natan get sent off. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't really see us capitalising on that. We weren't playing that game, but we did have a really good chance at the end with Calabria, um, who essentially just misses quite an easy shot. But, you know, of all the players you're going to put in that situation, it's probably not going to be Calabria. Um and then right at the end of the game, um, Kravitz Gale gets a shot on target against Mania, and Mania makes a really good save. Probably saves us the points um, after some strange displays from him. So, you know, it was such a frustrating game. Um, what was an absolutely fantastic first half um, just turned on its side, really, and, and became a really poor showing in the second half. For us, you know, a point away at Napoli isn't a bad thing. Uh, we've played Napoli now, we've played Inter, we've played Juve, we've played Roma, we've played Lazio, we've played a couple of teams that caused us problems last year in Torino and Bologna. Um, we got three points out of Verona. So it's okay, but it definitely feels, to me anyway, like two points dropped, not a point gained. Um, and that and that is kind of, that kind of summarises this season so far. We can do it. We've got the capability. We've got the players. We've got the know-how. We just don't seem to be able to collect the wins when we really need them in regards to the Inter game, in regards to the PSG game, in the regards to the Juve game, in regards to this game as well. Now, you know, on hindsight, like I said, there's some changes that Pioli's forced into making. He can't really do much about it. Uh, but some of them, again, make no sense to me whatsoever. You know, and I talked a little bit when we talked through the PSG game. Is he losing his grip now? Is this the beginning of the end for Pioli? Um, There's a lot of pressure on him. I don't know if you guys heard some of the comments he said in his press conference before the game around, um, you know, he might not be here next year. He he needs to win silverware. We need to be celebrating uh, come May. Well, yeah, absolutely. Why should we not set our goal as high as that? Um, that's what we should be aiming for at all times. Do we, I, I, I still don't, I know lots of people are saying, you know, Juve, um, not Juve, sorry, Inter aren't that good. They're going to fall apart. You know, 
they don't have a team as good as you know they don't the team isn't as good as we think it is etc cetera, etc cetera. they have got a much better team than us i don't know why we don't just accept that the only way we'll be able to do this is through sheer determination tactical approach players playing sync everyone knowing their roles um inter do play one style but it works he's got set players he's got certain types of players we just don't have that we we don't have the medley that they have um, and I think it's going to be really tough to expect a, a Serie A title, but we should still try. We should still aim for that. We should still be disappointed when we don't win games. Uh, we should still be annoyed when weird decisions are made in in-game play. Um, I, I, to me, this game hinges on that two-one. That's that first goal they score, and our inability to to finish those chances in the first half. Ultimately, if we'd done that, I think this would be a completely different conversation. I just don't understand logic. You know, you are desperate for a winner, so you turn your attack into essentially like a Serie B attack. You know, Okafor we hadn't played for a while. Jovic down the top, who just done nothing for us. Romero, that's hardly played a minute. That was the that was the three forwards we finished the game on, chasing a win, having been two 0 up. Just, just baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. Um, oh, honestly. And, you know, I look at the player ratings. It's so difficult to rate them. <laughs> you know, the first half was excellent. Second half was ridiculous. Do they all get five out of ten? I don't know. Um, I was a bit confused with Manyan. Theo, strange again, second half. Liao, again, it's a strange body language, strange behaviour. But he did do a deal. I thought he played all right. Like, he just couldn't capitalise. He, he wasn't. He didn't prove the point I was hoping he'd prove, if I'm perfectly honest. He didn't just come out, score, assist. Um, and of course, that 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 does require his teammates to be involved, not just him. But frustrating, really, another really frustrating game. Cups off a week of frustration. A loss, well, two losses and a draw. Um, I, I will talk, I'll talk more about Pioli in a second once we finish the Napoli segment, but we pick up a point uh, against Napoli. Um, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, we're third in the in the table, um, and we move on. Really, <laughs> um, let's end the Napoli segment here before I get more frustrated <laughs> and I start going round in circles. Um, awesome. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. So let's talk through some of the Serie A results from this weekend and then we'll just have a look at the league table. So Genoa um, at home to Salernitana, uh, Super Pipo Salernitana, um, coming away with all three points thanks to a Goodmanson goal in the 35th minute. Really impressed with Goodmanson at the moment. He's having a great season at Genoa underneath Gilardino. I'd love to see him at Milan. Probably won't happen, but looks really, really good. Great talent. Um Sassuolo won, Bologna won. Um, great to see Xerxes goal. Um, he looks really good. Again, I've seen some links um, between us and him. Apparently, we're monitoring the situation. Uh, I don't know what that means. AC monitor again. Um, Torino back to winning ways uh, away at Lecce. Buongiorno scoring in the 41st minute to give them all three points. As I touched on earlier, Juventus with Brexit ball uh, winning 1-0. With Curto Mus or Musso Curto, sorry, however you say it. Uh, classic Allegri just dis- 
just horrible football. I did watch some of this game. It was horrendous. Um, but Cambiasso scoring in the 96th minute um, to give Juventus all three points, which had put them top um, for a bit. Calorie for Frozenoni three. Absolutely fantastic game of football. Watch this. Um, Frozenoni hadn't really put a, a foot wrong. Um, they're playing some great football. Sule scoring two goals. Our own uh, ex-player Bracianini scoring as well um, in the 49th minute. And then just something I don't think has ever happened in Serie A before, which is um, Cagliari coming back and winning the game 4-3. So Oristiano scoring the first goal in the 72nd minute. He looks like a really good player, by the way. Unfortunately, he's on Inter's books, uh, but he kind of he kind of started um, the comeback. And then Mukwambo scoring in the 76th minute, capitalising on liberation in any error. And Pavaletti, uh, or Pavaletti, what was his nickname? Pavaletti goal or something. Um, scoring once in the 94th and then the second in the 96th minute to, to, to win it, to seal the game for them. So what a game that was. Absolutely fantastic advert for Serie A. I loved every second of it. One of the best games I think I've watched in a long time. Um, another boring draw between Monza and Udinese. Great finish by Colpani in the 27th minute. Again, another player I'd love to have at Milan. Uh, and then an equaliser by Luca in the 66th minute. Luca starting to score some goals now, actually, which is good. Um, Inter one, Roma nil. Two Rams scoring in the 81st minute. Um, again, Mourinho setting up his team for a nil-nil part of the bus. Uh, special rendition. Lukaku didn't look particularly great this game. Lots of, you know, there's all the controversy around the whistles and blah, blah, blah. But um, Inter did what they needed to do and got three points. Um Atalanta today uh, beating Empoli 3-0. A brace from Skamaka, one being a fantastic back heel. Great to see Skamaka um, getting back into form. Hopefully that means good things for Italy. And and the Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Lazio scraping a win against Fiorentina at home. Uh, thanks to Chiro Mobile penalty in the 95th minute. Uh, talk about Gaula. Um So that rounds up this match day in Serie A. Um, some really good, interesting games. Let's just have a look at the table. Um, let's just talk through it. So we have got Inter sat comfortably top uh, by two points on 25 points. Um, they've played 10, won eight, drawn one, lost one. Juve sat second on 23 points, won seven, drawn two, lost one. Milan on in third place, won seven, drawn one, lost two. Uh, 22 points. Atalanta in fourth on 19 points. Um, having won six, drawn one, lost three. That's pretty good from Atalanta. Didn't expect to see them this high after 10 games. Napoli in fifth, 18 points. Um, having won five, drawn three, lost two. Fiorentina starting to crumble a little bit down to sixth place. A couple of losses in a row now, 17 points. Then you've got Lazio in seventh, Bologna in eighth, Roma in ninth. Monza in 10th, and then it's Lecce, Frosinone, Torino, Genoa, Sassuolo, Verona, and Udinese climbing out of relegation zone, uh, leaving Empoli, Cagliari, and Salernitana. Salernitana on four points, which is a big ask for uh, people in Zaghi to get them out of this. Cagliari on six, having picked up three points, and Empoli on seven. Joint with Udinese, I suppose, technically. So, so yeah, um, is this what we would expect to see after 10 games? 
Um, I didn't expect to see Atalanta in fourth. I thought Napoli would be in the top four. I expected Napoli really around first or second with Inter. I thought Milan, I, I put Milan to come third this season. So um, before the season started, so third, we should aim for top. But okay, that's fine. Would I take twenty-two points out of this? If you ask me, this haven't played all the top teams. Yes, we do still need to play a few of the top teams like Atalanta and Fiorentina. Uh, so we'll see what we get from that. But the rest should be winnable games. Touch wood, low block, um, worried, scarred from last season, purely ball, etc., etc. Um, so, yeah, so look, let, let's talk a bit about purely, shall we? So um, let's talk a bit about purely. So is purely coming to the end of his time at Milan? Um, he's, had a, he's had nine lives like a cat at his time with Milan. He he lost against Atalanta 5-0. They rebuilt the team. Zlatan came in. We were on a great winning run, but we didn't it didn't amount to any trophies, didn't amount to any European. We didn't qualify for the Champions League, etc. etc. Bit of investment on the market, a bit of a move around in terms of formation and strategy. Uh, and we, for the first time in a long time, managed to qualify for the Champions League. Again, another life used. Um uh, into the Champions League, out in the group stages, but won Serie A, you know, convinced, you know, and we should have won more convincingly than we did. But purely was on fire, right? Now, title defence season, not good. Um, not good at all. Uh, calamitous for a month and a half, two months. Um, really poor. We need to remember we came fifth. We are in the Champions League this season by a fluke. Um, and as much as I don't like listening to the rhetoric around, you know, you shouldn't be in it, blah, 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 blah. You know, remember Juve cheated. That's why they're not in it. They cheated. They were found out. That's why they're not in the Champions League. Milan are. But if we look at the standing of the league, we look at the points earned. Juve or earned more points than us. Um, it was a poor season last season. Oh, well, again, he got away with it. He made a formation change. He shored up a little bit. We made it to the semi-final of the Champions League. You can say it's luck of the draw. You can say it's whatever you want to say, but we got there. Um, again, another life. This season, 100 million euros spent. Um, and 22 points on the board, right? Third place. But we're bottom of the Champions League group. Players are starting to show um, signs of being not with the manager publicly. Uh, there's there's regression in players. There's the same old strange decision making, the weird inept in game management, the substitutions that make no sense at the wrong timing, the persistent injuries, and this has been going on for seasons now. Persistent injuries, like what are they doing at Milanello? Are they? Are they beating these guys? Are they making them run hundreds of laps a day? Like, what on earth is going on to injure players before they've even played a football game, like an actual game? It's all training, or a lot of it's training. Um, the inability to, or the inconsistency, let's not say inability, that's unfair. The inconsistency to integrate new players or young players. Things he's done well, you know, Liao, um, Kalulu, uh, you know... <laughs> There's loads of other players that have integrated well. Chow, um, you know, his, his over-reliance on Krunic has cost him a bit, but has also been a good thing at times. 
Um, but then you've got the other cut side. Chow only played because we were desperate. Pellegrino gets minutes because we are desperate. Adley comes on because we were desperate. Um, Jovic, weird, weird signing. Maybe, I mean, that's not really on purely, if I'm perfectly honest, but, you know, what's going on? Okafor, weirdly managed recently. I got, he got an injury, but he wasn't injured when he wasn't playing. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, the persistence with specific things all the time. Um, it It's so frustrating. Like, what is going on? And, you know, Again, I, I want to make this clear. It can't all be on purely. We've got 11 professional football players played millions of euros to play a game. Uh, and they're not quite out of the races either. You know, Theo, like, he's, what is wrong with him this season? He doesn't he doesn't seem to have got into the Theo gear. We saw a little bit of it against Napoli. And we've seen snippets of it this season. But, you know, Theo has been a staple for us. He's been one of our best players. He's just not with it this season. He hasn't got going yet. Um, well, not in the way we expect him to anyway. Liao is, you know, so hit and miss all of a sudden. Um, we know what we've got with Giroud. We know what we've got with Krinic. But why do we have to play Krinic? What is his obsession with the bloke? Adley's played really well. I don't see what Adley's done. But I can just see now Adley will get hard. I mean, he didn't even play against Napoli. Um, why? You know, he's played well. Um it just is really, you know, Chuck Wazy, is he going to, I know he's been injured, but is he going to be another problem now? You know, Pulisic has done really well since he's come in. So it's inconsistency. It's not in a, you know, it's not a complete incapability. Um, but all these cracks are starting to, starting to show and they're starting to add to what is a bigger picture. You could argue that he kind of lost it really last season uh, and he never really got it back again. I don't. If he hadn't reached the semi-final of the Champions League and hadn't generated that revenue, I'm not sure he would have made it through summer. If I'm perfectly honest with you, um, again, understand the reasons, blah 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 blah. But it 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 is so confusing. It it's like he'll take two steps forward and about six back. Now. Uh, Am I purely out now? I don't know. I think probably I am. I think I've seen enough. Uh, but I'm a Milan win. That's what I want. That's that's my absolute top priority. Like, and if we can't, if we are winning and playing like crap, that's one thing. But if we're not scoring in the European competition that we are renowned for, and we're putting up performances like that then it's not okay. If we're going to play like that against Juve, if we're going to give up in the second half against Napoli, you know, it it is really frustrating. Like, And however we want to spin it, if you are having a negative impact on your players, that will eventually start to impact your results. Um, I, think, I think this is probably the beginning of the end. Um, and we need to be grateful for Pioli for what he's done for us and how he's managed to get us out of the situation we were in. But I think this is his limitation. I don't think he can manage these this amount of games in a row. I think he struggles with team selection. I think he really struggles in in-game management. Um, I thought he'd got better at that. I thought he was, I thought he was much better at making subs. I thought he'd, he'd got his head round it in the Scudetto season, uh, but last season and this season have been really poor. Um, 
uh, it's just difficult to find more and more excuses for him. Um, and they're running out, really. And and I know that X can be quite a toxic place, purely how are we reactionary, are we not reactionary, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, let's look at our injuries. You know, we've got Bayer injured, we've got Pellegrino injured, we've got Simon Kier injured, Loftus-Cheek's been injured, Kalulu's injured. I know Cardaro doesn't really count, but he's injured. Sportiello's injured, Chuck Ways is injured. You know, we know that hopefully Pulisic is okay. These are a lot of injuries and it's over and over again when we don't need them. You know, Jovic has been injured this season. Okafor has been injured this season. I think it's like 19 players or we've had or we've had 19 injuries or something. Um, it's horrendous. What, you know, that must, what are we doing? Like, what is their medical staff doing? Who's holding these people to account? Is it, you know, does accountability exist? I don't know. Like, you know, are, are we, is it because we're going to have to pay him? Like, what what is going on at Milan? And why is why is this happening over and over again? Now, I just to add context, we are third in the in in the league. We, we've done we've done okay. It's the Champions League that bothers me the most. Um, and I don't know about you, but having watched football for such a long time, you can see or you can you'll start to understand patterns. Uh, you'll start to see things that happen and then lead to other things. This is kind of the beginning of behaviour which leads to losses or consistent losses or a loss in game management. Um, it, it, I can, it just, it's just happening. It is just happening. Um, and it does worry me. I, I don't want Milan to go behind. I don't want us to lose loads of years of work because we sack him and then we make the wrong decision with the next manager uh, and then it doesn't work and then he pisses off some players and then changes everything around it doesn't work etc etc so i am acutely aware of what change brings um but i do think we're getting to a point where i'm not sure how much longer we can tolerate that you know let's say the way that we're playing carries on and we don't we start dropping points against the Danese and we and some of the teams that we should be beating the teams that we had issues with last year and uh, we we mount up injuries and then we're looking at a table where we're fifth or sixth we've been knocked out of the champions league We've spent all this money to try and be more competitive, to realign depth, to buy players to fit a 4-3-3 system, to buy players that are functional and, in his own words, intelligent, that he wanted. And it doesn't work out and, we don't, and we're not where we should be or we regress further from last season. He's going to have to go. I think, I think that's just how it should be. Um, it's a shame, but... That's what needs to happen, right? That's how it, how it should be. Um, so yeah, you know, frustrating, and, and it's difficult to talk about a manager who has won us a trophy and got us back to where we need to be. But he, I think, he's limited, and he's shown his limitations. Hey, look, you know, Conte's a great manager, but what's he done in Europe? I'm not sure he's ever reached a semi final of the Champions League with any team, has he? I know he got into a Europa League final, but he lost that. You know, we're talking about a manager paid millions and millions of pounds across loads of different leagues and big teams with big budgets who's never reached a semi-final of a Champions League. So, you know, we've got to give some credit where it's due, but Conte would get that right in the league. He would not make those kinds of decisions that would leave him in these vulnerable situations. He would say it how it is as well. Purely looks like the sort of guy that just go with it. You know, if he's if they tell him to jump, he'll say how, how high, that sort of thing. Excuse me, just needed a bit of water there. Um, so, 
let's move on from that. Let's move on to some of the listener questions. Um, so uh, put the post out, had a few responses quite quickly. Uh, thank you for everyone who retweeted it to try and get me some more uh, questions. I really appreciate that. So the first uh, question is from our very own Gino, Dil Gino. He says, Pioli's in-game management is shocking. Why do you think that is? <laughs> uh, that's a perfectly timed question after what I just said. Um, why do I think his in-game management is shocking? I just don't think he learns from his mistakes. I think me and you, me and you Gino, talked about this, how how destardo he is, how stubborn he is. He, he's going to play that way and that's it. And he lives and dies by that sort. Um, he is not versatile. He is not proactive. He does not change things to make things better. He will. He thinks because that's won in the game before. He thinks every team is the same. He sets the teams up exactly the same against whoever they're playing, uh, and his in-game management is exactly the same. It it just doesn't really exist. If I'm perfectly honest with you, I think it's his stubbornness mostly. Maybe it's his quality. Maybe this is the quality that he has. Maybe he's just showing his limitation. Like I said. Um, Again, it's so difficult to talk about and it's really hard to talk about it, but I think that's what it is. I think he's he's also been at Milan for a while. Maybe he's too comfortable. Um, so yeah, you know, that's kind of my answer for that question. I've got a question from um, Danny uh, Cherancho uh, at Daniele 86C. Leo has gone from Serie, Serie, well, I guess that's Serie MVP to scapegoat. It's evident that he's that he's frustrated and unhappy on the pitch. What are your thoughts on this? Is it a question of media pressure getting to him or a lack of direction from the coach? Danny, that's a great question. Thank you very much for that. Um, what do I think it is? So MVP to scapegoat. We've got to remember that since he was an MVP, he's had a contract renewal, which has more than doubled his wages. Um, he's taken the number at 10 and he's put it on his back. Um, and he's taken a different role in this team. He's not upcoming star. He's now, or should be now, leader or one of the leaders of this team. And a leader through performance, a leader through role modelling, a leader through what he says and does, right? So I think the scapegoat is the added pressure that's come with the MVP, the added pressure from his wage, and the added pressure from his behaviour, what he says, how he, you know, he wants to be Milan. I love it. I love every second of that conversation. He's one of the only players in the recent years that's talked about renewing and has actually done it and backed what he said with his actions. So we need to give him credit for that. Um, but I think that's why he's a scapegoat now. I think we expect so much from him that when we get nothing from him uh, in terms of materialistic goals or assists, um, this is this is what we do. Um, uh it's evident that he's frustrated and happy on the pitch. Yeah, he is dropping his shoulder. Um, but I think that's down to him as much as the manager. He's the guy on the pitch. He's the one in control of his destiny. He's the one on the ball. He's still making the runs with the ball. He's 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 still second to none for getting that ball from one end of the pitch to the other. He's so fast. He's got a great touch. He can beat a man. He's cutting back and he's being let down by his... Um, by his peers, let's be honest. Um, but you're right, he's not quite playing with the the fluidity that he had last season. Maybe it's the 4-3-3. Maybe it is a tactical instruction by the manager to Theo, which is then um, stopping Liao. Um, it, is, it is 
it's a hard one to wrap up because I think there's so many different factors with this one. Uh, you know, in the last bit of your question, you know, is it media pressure getting to him or lack of direction from the coach? Again, is it both? You know, like we've said, there's a lot of hype on him. There's a lot of expectation. Uh, we expect him to do more, rightfully so. Um, and we know that the coach is not, we know the coach is in trouble. We know he could be reaching the end of his time. He, he's making weird, rash decisions. He's, you know, you and I, well, we, all of us, we don't really know the conversations that happen between Liao and Pioli. We don't know what goes on at Milalelo. We don't know the conversations in the dressing room or the locker room. I, I don't know what Pioli's exact exact instructions are to the players. I don't think anyone does apart from Pioli and his staff, right? So it's hard It's hard to be exact with an answer. But in my opinion, I think there's confusion in terms of direction. Well, what is it we're doing, mister? Are we doing the defending? Are we doing the attacking? Am I counter-attacking? Is Theo staying defensive? Is he coming up with me? Are we... It, you know, I think there is some confusion. Uh, media pressure it's his own doing by being by doing so well it's part and parcel of what comes with the territory if you can't deal with that then you can't be a top top player surely um so yeah thank you danny that's a great question thank you very much uh, and then oh another good question here from rashad 22 uh, you can find rashad at milanista 22 are realistic options if purely gets sacked before january what is realistic you know what is the budget like if Milan sack him, they're going to have to pay the rest of his contract. What money does that leave them in order to pay um, a new coach? What coaches are out there in terms of coaches that they can get like free? Like what coaches would they need to pay clauses for? You know what um, what is available out there for Milan to replace him with? So. You know, there are names on the list. You're not going to get Antonio Conte during the middle of a season. Um, could he be the answer, September? Don't know. He's quite demanding. He expects specific things. We know he's a manager for the short term. But he will get the most out of these players. That's for definite. Um, but he's not going to get here now. Does Antonio Conte mean an Abate caretaker role? Does it mean a caretaker role from Igor Tudor I've been reading? Um, to get Conte in for the beginning of the season, I don't know. You know, we've got Frank Lampard's free. There's Graham Potter. There's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I'm just looking at the list, by the way, of free managers. Um, none of those three. Yakin Lowe, that's not going to happen. Hanse Flick. Um, he was sacked from Germany. I don't think I've seen any rumours linking it to him. I know he didn't, didn't do great at Germany, but he did do well at Bayern Munich. Could be a potential. That could be, not be a bad idea. Um, and again, I look down this list. Julian Lepertigi, the guy that was in charge of Wolves, I think he looked after. Um, was it Sevilla before that? Um, again, I mean, it's a high profile name. Does he match our system? I'm not really sure. Um, Igor Tudor, we talked about again, a caretaker role. We could do it. The other name I've seen us linked with is Gallardo. Um, that could be that could be something. He looks like quite a good manager. I think his contract. Uh, he's obviously the uh, for those of you who don't know. He's a River Plate uh, manager at the moment. Um, done done really well with um, River Plate. He's been there quite a while as well. Um, so maybe that would be a good a good choice. 
if I'm honest, mate, I've got one manager who's my dream manager to, to bring this Milan forward, and it's Roberto De Zerbi. I've not made any, I've never made any, um, I've never been quiet about that. I think that that's the ideal ideal manager to replace Pioli. It's going to cost us money to release him from Brighton. Is he going to leave Brighton in the Premier League? Probably not. He's got a really good thing going there. Um, he's well looked after. He's protected. He's doing a great job there. The fans love him. He loves the club. I can't see it happening. If I'm honest, realistically, it's not going to be anything special, is it? Right now, in terms of a caretaker role. Maybe that's what saves Pioli uh, between now and the end of the season. Um, maybe he, maybe in Milan's, in Milan's inability to replace with a proper manager midway season, we get a caretaker manager, and then something happens in the end. Of, uh, happens, but going into next year, maybe feels like we reset ourselves and go behind a year again. But realistically, honestly, it could be Abate, it could be Igor Tudor, it could be Gallardo, it could be Conte next season, although it probably won't be. Um, I'd, Hansa Flick could be an option. Um, there's loads of different names. I would love Roberto De Zobo, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I hope I answered that question. I kind of did and didn't. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, I'll send a post out for questions weekly. If you've got any questions you want to ask me uh, or the other guys that are on the pod, uh, please don't hesitate to just comment underneath. It's really helpful. Um, gives me a little bit of time to prep for it sometimes. I've kind of gone in a bit cold this time. Um, so just conscious this is going on a bit. So um, just if we if we end this segment here uh, and then I'll move on to uh, Botti, Dadia and Canoli and a little preview on Udinese. So, Udinese uh, preview quickly. I won't take too long on this, guys. Um, so, Udinese um, coming out of a draw against Monza, which is a quite a good result for them. But they haven't actually won a game yet, um, which ultimately led to Satil being sacked uh, and a change in management. I think it's Choffy now, who was uh, previously Udinese's manager not long ago. Udinese seemed to play a 3-5-2, looking through over some of their games. Um, they... Obviously, the manager will change things, but a 3-5-2, quite defensive, quite physical. Uh, Samarzic is one of their best players. Um, uh, Bio at centre-back has had some good games. Silvestri is a decent keeper. We know about Pereira, who plays up front. Uh, Luca hasn't had a great start to the season. Uh, they lost Beto. Um, they lost uh, one of their centre-backs, which is, I think the name is... Is eluding me now, but he was always an issue for us. I can't remember his name now. Demayo, Demayo. Anyway, so they've lost some really good players, which ultimately has caused them some issues. Um, Luca has started to score, which is good. Luca, the player from Ajax, if I'm not wrong. Um, but you know, <laughs> they've had a really bad season and they're down the bottom of the table. So we should win this game, right? <laughs> Um, whatever formation we put in and whatever combination he chooses to go with, we should have a team better and stronger than Udinese based on their performance, based on their uh, the way that they're playing, based on their inability to score goals. They concede a lot at the moment. Um, we should win this game. Now, we're going into this game, we'll, you know, we'll, Magnon will likely start. You'll see Thierry Hernandez, you'll see Chow back, you'll see Tamori, you'll see Calabria, I think, as the starting back four. 
the depth is gone. There'll be no Pellegrino. There'll be no Simon Kier. There'll be no Kalulu. So rumoured Simic and one of the other chaps from the Primavera is going to come up. Simic did play against Real Madrid in Primavera in the preseason looked decent, but it's a whole different, whole different, um, whole different situation for him to come into. So defense kind of, I think that kind of picks itself. In terms of midfield, I'd like to see Adley back in there um, instead of Krinic. Uh, Rinders will likely get the start. Um, it'd be great to see Ruben Loftus cheek back. Maybe Musa gets a start over Rinders actually, based on his previous. But well, hold on a minute. I say that like like that's going to happen. I think Musa should get maybe a start over Rinders if Ruben Loftus cheek is back, considering Rinders hasn't really been great the last few games. I think it should be based on form, but we know that doesn't always happen with Mister Pioli. Um, I would pick that, but I think he'll go with. Uh, Ruben off the cheek if he's fit, Krinic and Rinders, even though I think it should be Adley, Musa, uh, Ruben off the cheek. Um, it's rumoured that Pulisic had a very small little niggle and he should be back for Adonese. At worst, will be back for PSG. If he's not here, I envision seeing Romero start from the beginning. I envision seeing Giroud start. I envision seeing Leal start. Would I do anything different? I might try Okafor right wing. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, or I might start Okafor centre forward, bring Giroud in later, give him some rest before the PSG game. Um, I think Leao needs to start. I've seen some people saying Leao should be dropped, Pulisic should be on the left, maybe Romero on the right, Giroud up front, maybe Musa could be moved into right wing. We could put... Rinders, Roftus, Cheek, Krinic. There's lots of different combinations that we could see in this game. Obviously, we've um, we have got a week before the games, probably the longest we've had bar international break between games. So the guys will have a chance to regroup. Um, you know, the latest on the injuries are that Kulilu has got a really bad injury; could be out for four months. It seems like Pellegrini has got a broken foot, which isn't great. So he could be out for a month or two. You've got Chukwueze, fingers crossed, coming back soon. Uh, Benna says still not ready to come back. Like we said, Ruben Loftus-Cheek hopefully should be back. Um, so it's a pretty full medical room. Um, so what we think might be played for Milan and what we will see could be two completely different things from Friday into Saturday, to be completely honest. And and if it is the training intensity that's causing these injuries, well, we might have some more. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what that looks like. What am I predicting? We've got to win this game. We have to win. Uh, we need to put pressure on our rivals. Um, we're now going to go into a stretch of games where we're not playing the Napolis, the Juves and the Inters, which is important. Uh, I think bar those three teams, we should we have a good enough team to beat the rest of them. I know that injuries, and, um, injuries will play a part in that. I understand that. But we, we should be beating these teams. So yeah, I, I predicting a win for Milan. I'm going to go look. Do you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to I'm going to put all my feelings to one side of a purely in game management. I'm going to put all my feelings to one side around what's going on around the locker room. I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Uh, I want to see Leal back on that score sheet, uh, and I want to see Giroud score another goal and keep on his um, impressive performance against Napoli. So that's kind of what I'm seeing for Udinese in terms of Bottadelli and Canoli. I'm going to be honest. It's been a tough week to try and find some uh, in amongst all the nonsense that's happened. Um, in terms of my Bottinaria, um, I'm going to say Rinders. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but he's just been rubbish. Like His, his finishing has been so poor. Um, 
he's just looked a little bit out of place, which was strange because first first round of games he looked so good and so strong. Um, you know, another Botteradia um, for me uh, this this week has been um, the PSG game. Um, just really difficult to watch and take. Uh, um, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start that. So we're gonna. I'm gonna make the whole thing a botted area. Uh, and then my last botted area is just the sheer amount of injuries that we're getting. Uh, it's so. It it can't be. It can't be luck. It this can't be luck. There must be something wrong here. Um. So that's a botted area. In terms of cannoli, uh, I've got a really good one actually. Uh, I was watching some of the stuff from the Ballon d'Or. Um, ceremony. Uh, Krinic must have been absolutely um, kicking off that he wasn't there. Uh, but anyway, um, Speed. I don't know if you guys know Speed. I, I think that's his name. Uh, he finds Djokovic and he asks Djokovic who he is. Um, and Djokovic says he's one of the new AC Milan players and he hasn't played yet. Um, I just thought that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, just absolutely brilliant. Um, Djokovic, true Milanista, uh, shutting up what is a bit of an internet idiot, if I'm honest, or in my opinion, anyway. So that was one of my cannolis. Um, I don't have any others, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's hard to find one. Maybe Giroud going back to scoring ways uh, from open play again. That was quite nice. Um, uh, and seeing him score two-headed goals and him just run like an absolute animal for 80 minutes. Um Maybe that's another another cannoli from me. <laughs> um, and that's it. I'll wrap up today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's been a long pod. I've gone on a couple of rants. I've uh, I've um, I've talked in depth with myself around Pioli, around um, Milan's game against PSG, against Napoli, etc. And I just really hope we just get our act together quickly and we start to win games and, and build another great run uh, of wins and we don't have to worry about or talk about Pioli out just yet um you can find me on x uh, at lombardia at um at lombardia capital l max capital m you can subscribe to my youtube channel at maxi lombardia thank you for the recent subscribers as well i've been trying to put some content out on that i've got some got some good ones some ones that haven't done so well etc so thank you for doing that then you can find me on instagram max underscore lombardia uh, I've got started a Patreon. Um, expect nothing from it yet, really. Uh, but if you want to, um, if you want to sign up for bonus content, you can do that via my Twitter page, uh, my X page. Um, so yeah, thank you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a fantastic week. I hope the next pod I get to do next week is is about is more positive, and we're talking about a great Milan display against the Danese. Um, with a bit more optimism going into a Champions League game that we absolutely have to win. Have a great week and Forza Milan, guys!